I'm Jessica Harris, and this is From Scratch. My guest is Dr. Devi Shetty, a cardiac surgeon and founder of the Narayana Rudayalia Hospital in Bangalore, India. The hospital provides cardiac care for the poor in India, and Dr. Shetty started the hospital in 2001. Welcome, Dr. Shetty. Thank you very much, Jessica. I'm speaking with you over the phone. Uh, you are currently in your home in India. Could you explain in your own words what Narayana Rudayalia Hospital does? The idea is to bring cardiac surgery to everyone. My country requires 2.5 million heart surgeries a year. And currently, we are all the heart hospitals in the country put together, only doing about 90,000 heart surgeries. Jessica, first heart surgery was done 100 years ago. 100 years later, only 8% of the world's population can afford heart operation. Something has to be done. Nara Nudalaya Heart Hospital has 1,000 beds, and we have 24 operation theaters. The infrastructure is currently performing about 30 major heart surgeries a day, but that is half of our capacity. And about 30% of our workload is on children, children coming from 65 countries for heart operation, and about 60% to 70% of the work is adult cardiac surgery. What is the cost of open-heart surgery to somebody who could afford it in India? Approximately a heart operation on a child who can't afford to pay for the operation would cost about $1,400. Uh, the same operation in the U.S. might cost you around $200,000. What are the primary factors in the business model of, of low-cost heart surgery. How are you managing to provide low-cost care to India's poor population? First thing is you have to build a hospital differently. If you build a 100-bed, 200-bed hospital, you cannot reduce the cost because in a hospital, bulk of the cost goes for a hard infrastructure like blood bank, laboratories, CT scans, MRIs, PET scans. These are very, very expensive instruments. And what we do is we buy all these advanced machines but we use them for 24 hours. To run it for 24 hours, you need a large number of outpatients. Large number of outpatients will come provided you are affordable. Mm. So first thing is we build hospitals in about 15 to 25 acres of land. And then we plan to build 5,000 beds, which we build in phases. So if you have large number of beds, then you do more operations. As you do more operations, your results get better. As your results get better, your cost also goes down. And because of these two reasons, more people will come to you. What were you doing prior to opening the hospital? I uh, graduated from uh, uh, a medical college called Kasturba Medical College in Manipal, Mangalore in India. Then, like most Indian doctors, I went to England for training in cardiac surgery. Then I came back to Calcutta. I was one of the first few heart surgeons to come back to India to set up cardiac surgical unit. It was in 1989 where cardiac surgery was a mystery to most of my citizens. And when I started my career in Calcutta, if I saw 100 patients per day, not even one person could afford the heart operation. Then I realized that uh, unless I take care of the uh, uh, ability to pay or the paying capacity of the patient, I wouldn't have a practice. So this is how everything started. 
you conducted surgery on Mother Teresa. How was that a turning point for you, if at all? Meeting Mother uh, as a scientist, I I would never accept another human being with flesh and blood like me as God. But I can tell you that Mother was truly God in human form. Uh, Being with her, interacting with her, maybe as a heart surgeon treating her, it was uh, a turning point in my career. Her simplicity, her approach towards the uh, realities of life, it, it made a tremendous impact. And she gave me the fantastic definition of the uh, definition for a pediatric cardiac surgeon. Uh, one day I was going for rounds and she was following me, she was, even though she was an inpatient. She looked at the kids I operated. Then she looked at my eyes and she said, Doc, I know why you are here. I said, why, Mother, why am I here? She said, when God made these children with the heart disease, he was probably preoccupied. Then he realized there was a problem and he sent you to fix it. And that is the best definition one could give for a pediatric cardiac surgeon. How religious were you prior to meeting Mother Teresa? I was always religious. No, undoubtedly. I was born and brought up in a typical Hindu family down south where religion is part of our life. But she reinforced my belief in God. She convinced me that the best way to serve God is by serving mankind. So I still have a poster of Mother Teresa in my office which says, hands which help are better than the lips that pray. And Narayana Rudayalia, the name of your hospital, means God's compassionate home. Essentially, uh, in India, primarily we revolve our life around God and the, uh, you know, the cosmic forces. We wanted to create something unique, something big, which would make a difference to the society. Rudaya is heart. Alaya is temple. We talk about Mother Teresa having this seminal impact on you, but was the train on the tracks to create this hospital even prior to your meeting her? I think I was in the process of doing, thinking about doing something different, something big. And uh, this interaction with mother, which lasted for close to five years, definitely had an impact on where I wanted to reach. Definitely it had a big impact in terms of, uh, uh, you know, looking after the underprivileged as the main concern and the pivotal uh, role it had in building this institution. My guest is the medical entrepreneur, Dr. Devi Shetty. Dr. Shetty is a cardiac surgeon who pioneered low-cost cardiac surgery for India's poor population. He now provides heart care, eye care, orthopedic care, and cancer care to patients in India who cannot afford health care otherwise. Now, the institution or the hospital is in Bangalore, India, and Bangalore is known as sort of the Silicon Valley of India, where there's a lot of technical innovation. Why did you choose to locate the hospital in Bangalore? Was it accidental or was it purposeful? My wife is from Bangalore. That is one of the main attractions to come back to Bangalore. But, you know, it's a coincidence that Bangalore happens to be the uh, Silicon Valley and so many exciting developments are happening in Bangalore. That definitely helped our uh, objective. But the decision to come back to Bangalore was coming back home. You mentioned your wife, and it was your in-laws who funded the project. Uh, What did your mother or father-in-law do that enabled them to have enough capital to fund the hospital? 
My father-in-law uh, was running a very successful construction company, uh, in fact, around 20 years ago. So towards the end of his uh, professional life, he wanted to build a hospital to make a difference to the society. But he had only one condition, a condition that we should never refuse any child who comes to us with a heart disease, irrespective of caste, creed, and uh, nationality. And this is something which he firmly believed, and he insisted that we do it. That's the only condition he had. And we carried on, and this is how the whole thing started. It seems, uh, Dr. Shetty, that there was this real kind of uh, perfect intersection of Mother Teresa and your medical expertise and your father-in-law all coming together to create this hospital. Do you ever think about that, kind of the stars aligning? You're right. I strongly believe in that, Jessica. I, I strongly believe in cosmic forces. Long, long ago, Jessica, I received a, a donation of 100,000 rupees from one of the army uh, soldiers from Madras. He refused to give his name, and he wrote one note saying that the path you have chosen, the amount of money I am giving is too small, but God has his own mysterious ways of doing the rest. This is exactly what happened in my life. These are all strange coincidences at every level of my life. But I, I strongly believe that there is somebody up there with the proper design, which is a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps happening all the time. So you decide to launch this, this initiative in Bangalore. How did you get the land to build this vast health campus? Our country is made up of uh, 32 states. And these states are chief ministers and the government. And these governments are very supportive of uh, hospital projects by people like us. So we get land virtually free, or we get land for a token amount of money, because government wants this type of large initiatives to come up. Your hospital is performing roughly 7,000 surgeries a year, and often your doctors are being paid less than doctors elsewhere in the country. How is morale among your doctors? We have zero attrition rate. No doctor has ever left us. We, I guess there is not even, only one person left in the last 15 years for family reasons. Now, why people stick around, even though their salary is not up to the level what they can get elsewhere, is because as surgeons, if you want to attract them, they need much more than money. They want to do something else. And we always provide what they want because I am one among them. Every day... Children come to us, you know, typically a newborn baby who's very, very blue comes to you. We look at the kid, we tell the mother, baby requires operation. The baby goes to the OT, comes back to the ICU, and we call the mother to see the baby after four hours. Mother looks at the baby and say, look, this is not my child. Then we say, that is your child. Then you say, then the mother says, look, he was dark, he was black before you did the operation. Then we tell her that, yeah, he was dark, but now he's pink. Then she will touch the baby, and then she will look at our eyes and say, will he always remain like this? Then we say, yeah, he's going to remain like that. So in a matter of five hours, we have transformed the lives of these people. So this is something which you can never buy, irrespective of what money, you know, what you are prepared to trade. 
you mentioned before that 30% of the surgeries that you conduct in your hospital is for babies or pediatric care. Why, yes. why is it so high? Is it larger in India than in other countries? <laughs> Jessica, you remember we produce 28 million babies a year. We produce the largest number of babies in the world. One out of 140 children born anywhere in the world has heart disease. That means technically we produce about 600 to 1,000 children a day with heart disease. And someone has to fix their heart because these children, if they are operated the moment they are born or in the first few months of their life, you can cure them. So someone has to do it. So we are privileged to be that someone to fix these children's heart. I'm Jessica Harris, and this is From Scratch. My guest is Dr. Devi Shetty, a medical entrepreneur who's creating a new healthcare economic model in India by providing affordable cardiac care for India's poor population. We'll hear more from Dr. Devi Shetty coming up. I'm Jessica Harris, and this is From Scratch. My guest is the medical entrepreneur, Dr. Devi Shetty, a cardiac surgeon who pioneered low-cost cardiac surgery for India's poor population. Over 7,000 surgeries take place in his Nairarana Rudayalia Hospital located in Bangalore, India. Dr. Shetty founded the hospital in 2001. Now, you offer a form of insurance called Yeshasvini. Can you talk a little bit about the germ of the idea for providing insurance? The Karnataka Milk Federation, which is a conglomeration of milk uh, producers, they requested me to sponsor one of their uh, uh, low-fat milk, claiming that it's good for the heart. And I agreed to uh, endorse their product, provided the Milk Federation uh, agrees to uh, offer health insurance to the people who sell milk. Hmm. So they agreed to do that. This is how we started the... uh, uh, micro-health insurance for the uh, people, farmers who sell milk. And uh, it started with a premium of 11 cents per month. We kept the premium at 11 cents because that is a price of local cigarette called DD they smoke. So the idea was to promote this concept that instead of smoking BD, you buy a health insurance and you will be protected uh, for major illnesses. Today it has grown This insurance has now spread to other states of the country. Everywhere, 60%, 80% of the state population is covered by the health insurance. So this health insurance that you offer started with this milk cooperative, essentially this group of farmers uh, who, as you say, pay 11 cents a month uh, for insurance. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the rural poor? I mean, your hospital is in Bangalore in a major city, but how are you addressing the needs of the rural poor who can't be transported to the hospital in time if they're having a heart attack, for example? First thing is when they develop heart attack, we look after their heart attack from remote areas, from the satellite. We have, you know, uh, Jessica, there are five countries in the world which can put satellite on the space, and India is one of those countries. And uh, uh, we have been chosen uh, to be partners with the Indian Space Research Organization to help them to monitor the uh, astronauts when India eventually puts the man on the moon. And we have uh, a satellite connection free of cost. 
So we put up these uh, satellite collection in uh, remote government hospitals and manage heart attack and heart failure sitting in Bangalore or Calcutta. And till date, we have treated over 53,000 heart patients in remote locations. Can you walk me through, let's say uh, Devi the farmer is having a heart attack or is having some heart trouble. Can you walk me through what happens to him? Yeah, uh, the, let's put it this way. The, a, a, a farmer in uh, uh, Hubli, uh, which is about 300 kilometers from Bangalore, uh, if he develops a heart attack, uh, he will go to a general practitioner with chest pain. And most general practitioners in down south has a ECG machine, which is linked to the telephone line. And as soon as he does the ECG, it comes to our hospital. And in less than five minutes, we uh, give the report to the telephone line. And uh, if it is diagnosed as heart attack, we ask them to go to a coronary care unit in a government hospital or one of our satellite units over there. So the preliminary care is taken care of. That will save about 95% of the victims of heart attack. And after about one month, they will come to Bangalore for further evaluation. And there we uh, do the angiogram and if required operation. You mentioned the Indian Space Research Organization that helps you uh, use satellites for this cardiac care. Whose idea was it to use this space research organization? The Indian Space Research Organization, they wanted us to uh, uh, help them uh, in monitoring the vitals of astronauts. So uh, we are helping them uh, uh, in their project, and they help us to give the satellite connection free of cost. Uh, right now, sitting in Bangalore, we treat patients in 56 cities of Africa where our satellites are beamed. But the exciting thing, Jessica, I'll tell you, when we do liver transplants on children uh, in Bangalore, do you know who gives the anesthesia for the kids? It, the anesthesia is given by Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in America. Wait, so, so can you explain that to me, how a hospital in Philadelphia is helping you with a liver transplant in Bangalore? We have extremely skilled surgeons who can do the liver transplant. But our anesthetists are cardiac anesthetists. They do not know the details about managing very sick child who is undergoing a liver transplant where the operation lasts for 10 hours, 12 hours. So we tied up with Children's Hospital Philadelphia. The anesthetists there, they realize that since we have the satellite linked up, they can sit in the operating room of Philadelphia and manage the anesthesia uh, of the kid who's undergoing operation Bangalore. Uh, other than touching, they can do everything. So we talk about, Dr. Shetty, you're creating a health city, but it sounds with this example of the connection with Philadelphia and also serving African patients that essentially you're creating a health world. Trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Trying yeah. to, Jessica. My guest is Dr. Devi Shetty, a cardiac surgeon and founder of the Narayana Rudayalia Hospital in Bangalore, India. The hospital started off serving cardiac care for India's poor, and now its health centers help patients who have heart problems, eye problems, arthropedic issues, and cancer as well. Could you provide some anecdotes uh, to help us understand what you do on a daily basis? Uh, I start my uh, work very uh, early in the morning. Generally, uh, my colleagues start the surgery at 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I reach the hospital by around half past 7. 
then uh, I have to see at least 70 to 100 patients every day in the outpatient. That's the time patients come, they talk to me about their problems, I console and try to organize financial assistance. And the, Essentially, it's like a, uh, a sort of a uh, meeting uh, area for the patients. I spend about five hours with the patients. Then around 12 o'clock, I start the uh, surgery. And I generally concentrate on uh, operations called pulmonary and rectomies or aneurysms. This is my area of interest. And sometimes I operate on newborn babies. Then as soon as I finish the operation, then maybe half an hour or an hour with uh, my team discussing about various strategies and the management issues. Then again, the outpatient. And uh, then it's, at, it's around 9.30, 10 o'clock. That's the time to go home. You mentioned you see 70 to 100 patients per day in a span of five hours? Yes. I generally try to spend about two to three minutes with each patient. Everything has been done by my colleagues. The diagnosis is made, the planning was made, everything is done. But most of these people, unless I see them and unless I touch them, they wouldn't like to go for the operation. Mm. So it is essentially getting to know the family and explain to them that this is what we are planning to do. It is just reassurance that I am there to help them. I uh, try to see at least uh, in five minutes about two patients. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I have a very big clock hung in front of the wall so that I'm constantly reminded. And I have uh, a very fancy chair uh, made by Herman Miller, <laughs> uh, which can move from one end of the table to the other end uh, like a ziffy. So I can turn my chair on and off and, you know, facing one patient and the second minute I'm facing another patient. Incidentally, was the Herman Miller chair uh, donated? Uh, that's a good question. It is actually gifted by my son. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when he graduated, I guess he earned some money and he was looking at me struggling with the old Indian chair where the wheels used to get stuck up. <laughs> you see, the, what happens when I talk to a patient, the first two minutes is about talking to the patient, getting to, you know, uh, convincing them about the treatment and all that. Then they are happy with the treatment. Then they start talking about, you know, I operate on their uncle or a father or a grandfather, how well he is or how grateful I am and all that. That's the time I try to move my chair to the other side of the table. Mm. Uh, and I need very good wheels. And my son realized that Herman Miller is the best chair. <laughs> so, so really, what you're what you're giving to these, you know, hundred patients is emotional consultation versus medical consultation. Perfect. Yeah, you got it right, Jessica. Do you worry at all that that there's this kind of Walmartization of healthcare? In order for your your hospital or for your low cost health plan to work, you really have to serve many, many, many patients. You know, as you say, you're seeing 100 patients a day, you're doing two operations a day. Um, this is obviously far more than the international average. Do you ever worry about the optics of that? Uh, not really. In the sense, see, there are a lot of changes happening in the country. Now, people, when they come to us, they're a lot more knowledgeable about what we are doing to doing in the heart operation. So they have less questions. They are mentally prepared when they come. Uh, and also, uh, my team is growing. So I'm surrounded by physician assistants and well-trained doctors. So 
essentially my I, I, I wouldn't say that as the workload goes up we lose touch with the patients and the emotional aspect of it I don't think it will happen mm. I think it's only getting better as the time passed by you talk about being at work around seven in the morning and going home around 10 at night what does your wife think about this she was uh, uh, finding it she comes from a very rich family so the, you know she was uh, initially a bit uh, disappointed but then you know as the family grew my now my children are grown up my oldest son is an uh, engineer he's building all the hospitals and my second son is a doctor third son is in the medical school uh, she i guess uh, she kind of likes my profession even though she doesn't admit all along uh, she cursed my profession <laughs> but my when my oldest son decided to become an engineer uh, and one day he declared that daddy i want to become an engineer i said all right that's good then she just you know, the, the hell broke loose and i said what happened she said why he doesn't want to become a doctor <laughs> then i said all along you have been cursing my profession uh, and you you are disappointed your son doesn't want to become a doctor that's the time i realized maybe my wife likes uh, my profession my guest is the medical entrepreneur dr devi shetty dr shetty is a cardiac surgeon who pioneered low cost cardiac surgery for india's poor population he now provides heart care eye care orthopedic care and cancer care to patients in India who cannot afford healthcare otherwise. Dr. Shetty, your your public health initiative has been quite successful uh, against many odds. Could you talk about some of those odds or hurdles that you had to jump over in order to provide low-cost healthcare to the poor population in India? The when I started my career the greatest difficulty was convincing people to undergo the operation the heart surgery was in the infantile stage then uh, uh, once i accomplished it the problem was the affordability you have this vision of of having 30000 beds in your health center what are the hurdles to making that happen are they financial are they getting people's imaginations to understand what that means what what are those hurdles see the the first thing is we strongly believe that india will become the first country in the world to dissociate healthcare from affluence healthcare from your bank balance if there is one country in the world which can do it that is india because we produce the largest number of doctors nurses and medical technicians in the world mm-hmm. we have the largest number of usfda approved drug manufacturing units outside usa we have everything required for a fantastic healthcare delivery system but there is something which can prevent this from happening that is avail- lack of available lack of uh, adequate beds mm. that is the reason why we want to create this 30000 beds our biggest stumbling block now is arranging funds at our terms to roll up roll out this many beds in uh, a short duration of time without really uh, losing control of the organization this has been the challenge because regular financial uh, 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 mechanisms will not be able to help us so the challenge is raising equity raising money for all this massive scale expansion what is your annual budget i guess around 100 to 120 million dollars 
per year. Yeah. It costs about $200,000 for a patient in the United States to have open heart surgery. And you're building a center or a hospital, a cardiac care center in the Cayman Islands so that United States citizens and those nearby could benefit from a low-cost surgery. Why, why does it cost $200,000 in the U.S.? I think uh, in the U.S., the cost structure is uh, radically different. You see, we run, we work for six uh, days in a week, whereas uh, in the U.S., it's only uh, five days in a uh, week. Plus, your nurses and doctors generally work for 48 hours uh, in a week, whereas we work virtually double the number of hours. So in U.S. hospitals, traditionally, 65% of the revenue goes for the salaries, while in Indian hospitals, it's about 20%. So essentially, the cost structure, the litigation, uh, the malpractice suits, these are all uh, issues which would uh, jack up the price. And also there is large insurance companies, you know, with their own, uh, you know, uh, agenda. So essentially, uh, it is a, a, a business where there are too many people with the too many rigid rules and regulations, and there is absolutely no scope for innovation in the process of delivery. You just cannot innovate. Hopefully, now that you'll be setting up a center in the Cayman Islands, some competition will cause uh, the U.S. to to get their butts in gear. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't think I would like to compete with the American hospitals. I just want to show our modest way of doing things. Uh, You mentioned uh, malpractice and lawsuits in the United States. How common are medical malpractice lawsuits in India? It's uh, extremely, extremely small. Primarily because uh, as surgeons, we spend a lot of time with the patients before operations. We make things very clear to the family. So the, uh, they don't have unrealistic expectations. Doctor, you've changed so many people's lives. You've improved so many people's lives by providing low-cost co- low cardiac care. Is there a story or two that come to your mind to demonstrate this? See, essentially, uh, I am like uh, anybody else in the... Uh, patient community, because uh, as a kid, uh, I am the eighth child of uh, uh, a family with nine children. So when I grew up, my parents were old. My vivid memories about my father is an elderly person who goes in and out of the hospital because of diabetes uh, complications. So in my life, doctors remained uh, as very important people, and uh, this may be one of the reasons why I decided to become a doctor. So when I interact with the patients, when I see a young lady with uh, a young husband undergoing heart operation with young children, when I operate on them, I think about my life. In case the my father had an operation, needed an operation when he was young, and if something happened to him, we would we would all be on the street. So you know these patients' lives are no different than our life. I get this is one of the greatest motivating factors for all of us to do our best to save their life. Well, Dr. Shetty, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank you, Jessica. It was a great experience talking to you because you are the first uh, 
Western uh, interviewer who could pronounce the name of my hospital. <laughs> <laughs> my guest has been Dr. Devi Shetty, a cardiac surgeon who pioneered low-cost cardiac surgery for India's poor population. Coming up, we'll meet Lyndon Rive, co-founder of Solar City. I'm Jessica Harris. This is from scratch. Mm-hmm.